fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yeah, buddy, middle of the week. We're here. We're alive. We've made it through day number two without Speaker of the House at the federal level. <laughs> Aren't you excited? I know you're pumped up. You're excited the fact that we still don't have a Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C. Welcome into the show, Boyd. We have a lot to get to today, and conveniently, it's all focused around this issue. I know you're probably sick and tired of hearing about it already, but it's kind of a big deal. Love, embrace the civics lesson that we're getting right now, our cultural civics lesson that we get on government affairs and how government actually functions. Embrace this. We don't get to see this very often. We haven't seen this, obviously, as we mentioned yesterday. We haven't seen it in more than 100 years. The longest one back in 1855. This is fun to watch because this is our government at work. And think about it this way. The longer they're bickering about who's going to become Speaker of the House, the longer they're not passing any legislation to try and infringe upon your rights every single day. So embrace this because I'd rather the government do absolutely nothing. This is like a government shutdown. When the government says they're not going to be there, they're going to shut down, we're all going to die in the streets because they can't pass any legislation, they have to be working on something, we want you to get back to work. No! Let the process unfold. Finally, we have a few individuals standing up and just questioning authority to not just go on with the flow of, oh, well, Kevin McCarthy's due, he's, he's just next in line, he's entitled to the position. Nobody is entitled to the position for Speaker of the House, or any position for that matter, whether it's the head of a committee, the head of a subcommittee, the head of the Chamber of Commerce, or the, the, the House representatives in general. Nobody is entitled to any of these positions in any way, shape, or form. So let the process play out i absolutely love it welcome into the show this is the voice reason my name is andy hoosier i am the voice of reason broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station we are all over the country radio tv live streaming and podcasting however you watch or listen to the program it is an honor to have you along for the ride today no guest today we usually don't do that, but no guest today it was important enough to where we're going to sit aside and really break down what the heck's going on in washington dc because I think the importance of this, the uh, the level of excitement going on in D.C. is being uh, surpassed and overlooked by many individuals. And I really want to try and emphasize what's really going on here and why this is so important. There's some drama behind the scenes, obviously. In between every vote that goes on for the speaker, there's been some backdoor deals. There's been phone conversations and text messages going on. It is actually fun, and i got to give credit to C-SPAN for this because in between while they're verifying the votes and validating before they move on to the next vote they've been giving some information about conversations that are being gone uh, behind the scenes which has kind of been fun to watch apparently former president donald trump has called up congresswoman lauren Boebert from the western portion of colorado who has been kind of one of the leaders in this maga movement to challenge kevin mccarthy and stop him from being the speaker of the house former president donald trump has called her up and said to knock it off to get in line and to support McCarthy. And I find that kind of fascinating for a guy who tried to upturn Congress, who was the Jesus in the middle of the market overturning the tables, uh, not to compare him to Jesus, but you get the point. He was in there overturning the table saying, what the hell are you guys doing? He was in government for four years doing that himself, and now he's not liking the division among the Republican Party, which I get. 
There's a lot of division. There's a lot of angst among the Republican Party right now. But here's the thing. No, it does not make us look weak. No, it does not make us look disorganized. I would like to see a united Republican Party, but I would much rather see the sect of the conservatives fight for what's right. As we mentioned on the program yesterday, I would love to see them fight for their interests. Heaven forbid they get elected to Congress and they fight for their interests while in Congress, which is why they got elected in the first place from their constituents. It's not to go with the flow. It's not to just get in line and just vote McCarthy's just do. McCarthy's going to be the guy. And why? If you can't unite the party, then why are you there? If you can't remember Paul Ryan, and this is why Kevin McCarthy's so angry. By the way, he already moved into the Speaker of the House's office two days ago. His stuff's already there. He's already ready. He was expecting this. He was expecting people to fall in line and all the bluffing. Uh, he thought they were bluffing when they said they weren't going to support him and they were going to stop him from becoming speaker that broke a history, uh, broke a record of 100 years of just passing the Speaker of the House in the very first vote in January. It broke that. Shattered it. 100 years. 1923 was the last time this happened, and it happened with nine ballots. We're on number six now. Apparently, Congress has adjourned until 8 p.m. Eastern time this evening. So by the time any of people listen to the podcast of this episode, it may already be done. And we may have a speaker by late into tonight. But they took a break. They're probably meeting again to renegotiate because uh, Lauren Boebert has come out and openly said, oh, yeah, we're not negotiating any longer. You've turned down all of our negotiations and our proposals to try and work with you as the conservative caucus among the Republican Party, which for many, that should be a red flag right there of like, oh, wait, he doesn't want to work with the conservative caucus of the Republican Party. That should be the telltale sign that we have a corrupt individual on our hands here. But the fact that he doesn't want to negotiate, doesn't want to give the conservatives a bit more influence in the House of Representatives means that he's not the uniter. He was expecting to get it years ago when Paul Ryan took over. And if you remember Paul Ryan, while Paul Ryan was a very moderate individual and really fought Donald Trump on many issues, that was a very big problem. And now he's hitting up Fox News. And we can kind of see why Fox News is going down the moderate path as well now. But if you remember, when Paul Ryan was nominated to be Speaker of the House, he said, only if I can unite the party. I was not interested. I don't want it. But if you unite and you vote for me in a unanimous decision, then I'll do it. And it happened. The Speaker of the House needs to have the uniting support of his party. Look at the Democrats right now. This Hakeem Jeffries, a radical socialist nut job out of California, consistently has gotten the 212 votes of the Democrats. And it may come down to which side's going to break first, which we'll talk about a little bit later on the moderates. Will the moderate Democrats go to the Republicans to get McCarthy in? Will the moderate Republicans go to the Democrats to be done with this deal and just move on? Who's going to break first? It's a game of chicken right now and a testing of willpower on who's going to do this. But if you can't unite the party, Kevin McCarthy, you are not entitled to anything. And if after six votes, you realize that you have a lockstead 20 into 21 now, you've actually lost more. You're down from 203 yesterday down to 201 now at 204 to 201. You've lost two or three votes already. People moving away from you. And Ken Buck from Colorado has already come out and said that that was his last vote for Kevin McCarthy as well. So you're losing another one as you go into the evening votes at 8 o'clock tonight. If you can't unite the party, you, not the members of Congress trying to uphold you and trying to nominate you, you should say, I'm not the person for the job 
Because in the interest of the Republican Party, who was voted on in the November midterm election to be the majority of the House of Representatives, you you obviously cannot unite behind me. Somebody else needs to do it. Nominate somebody else. Whether it's Steve Scalise, I'd be open to that. He's still not the most conservative guy, but he's a great guy. We've had him on the show before. He would be a great candidate. Whether it's Steve Scalise, the majority whip. Whether it's Jim Jordan, who was nominated yesterday. Or whether it's the guy, Byron Donald, who's nominated today as the first black Republican Speaker of the House. Why would Kevin McCarthy not step down? Instead, he's buckling down, digging his heels in the sand, and causing a deeper issue here that's dividing the Republican Party. You, not the conservatives, not the crazy, radical, fringe MAGA individuals here, the conservative caucus. You are dividing them with not working with conservatives and not stepping down and actually giving a, giving it up and nominating somebody else and saying, you know what, for the betterment of this chamber, for the betterment of the American people, and for the betterment of the Republican Party, I'm going to step away because obviously I cannot do a good enough job uniting the party. To me, it sounds like there's a little bit of an ego there, is there not? Kind of interesting. Behind the scenes, there are some individuals, and shockingly one that I'm a little surprised on why she's not going along with this as well, but Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congresswoman out of uh, out of Georgia, who's been a strong advocate for Donald Trump, who got accused of being supportive of the QAnon conspiracy theories, quote unquote, and who's been on the fringe in Congress a lot. She says there's other things going on behind the scenes, which is why she's been overwhelmingly supportive of Kevin McCarthy. Okay, well, so we've been having our discussions. And oh, sorry, sorry, you want to go by? Yeah. Um, just a little bit. And okay. You. Thank oh, sure. Thank okay, you. thank you. Uh, for months, we have been negotiating, talking, debating back and forth in our conference, trying to come to a really good rules package, and it's amazing. As a matter of fact, I'll quote Matt Gates. He said it's exquisite. That's what he said on our conference call on Sunday. Um, but in that conference meeting there, we found out that there were several members, three in fact, that went in uh, last night and were demanding positions for themselves, demanding gavel positions, demanding uh, subcommittees, demanding for people to be taken off committees and people to be put on committees. Three, three Republicans out of our 222. I want you all to know I have not done that for myself. The only thing I have done is an, is debate and, and, and request and argue amongst my peers for the right things for the rules package and for our agenda for the American people. And that's the only thing I've done. I haven't asked for one thing for, my, for myself. And I'm the only Republican that has zero committees. So you would think I would be the one in there asking for something, but I haven't done that. But right, Let's stop right there. There's a long video, so I want to kind of break it up a little bit here. She brings up an interesting point. Is this movement, this 2021 Republicans now, who are going against Kevin McCarthy, 20 of them that voted for this Byron Donalds, one of them that voted present and didn't vote for anybody, soon to be 22 because Ken Bucks of Colorado said he's going to do the same thing. Are these 21, 22 Republicans doing it for the betterment of the country? Are they doing it to shift the Republican Party's leadership a little bit further to the right? And are they doing it for the right cause? Or is this true with Marjorie Taylor Greene, where she says it's a personal advancement for those who may not be deserving or may think that they're entitled to something, and therefore the part of the negotiation was, you, I'm only going to support you, Kevin McCarthy, if I get a gavel position or the head of a committee. Now, I want to remind individuals about the importance of this as well. 
and we got to take a break here in a second. So this is this is not just who's going to head up the House of Representatives. This is a major deal. And there's going to be a large impact moving forward one way or the other, depending on how this pans out, on who's going to be leading it and what the House of Representatives will be doing for the next two years. This is a big deal. And if people are doing it for their personal gain, that's an issue. If people are doing it because they truly, honestly feel that Kevin McCarthy is corrupt or he's too establishment or he's too rhino or he's too far to the left, then that's another conversation to be had. But that's an interesting point of those trying to demand for personal gain in some way, shape, or form in order to negotiate their way into power in Washington, D.C. I find out that it's my uh, Freedom Caucus colleagues and my supposed friends that went and did that, and they asked nothing for me. Nothing. That's what I found out in there. I am furious. Well, let me tell you something. While the conservatives that the base supports and believes in, let me let me remind everyone, they're not perfect either. Scott Perry, before his general election, refused to vote uh, against the bill that was all about the gay marriage bill. He didn't. He he refused to vote against it. He voted for it. Then, when it came back around after his election, he was able to vote against it. Conservatives would not like that. Let me remind every, everyone this. Matt Gates, who has compared Kevin McCarthy to Paul Ryan, my friend Matt Gates, he supported Paul Ryan almost more than anyone. It's still on his social media. As a she went on a tirade. Interesting perspective on this from one of the more conservative members of Congress going after her Freedom Caucus individuals that are fighting against Kevin McCarthy. Lots more coming up here right around the corner on The Voice of Reason for a midweek celebration. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out today for a midweek celebration. So, we have the latest vote after six rounds. McCarthy's down to 201. Jeffries is still at 212 with the Democrats uniting behind him. Byron Donald's at 20 votes and one voting present. They're reconvening again tonight at about 8 o'clock Eastern time to try and continue the votes to see what actually happens here. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, again, kind of an interesting stance with her going with McCarthy, saying, hey, uh, all these people are just going for their own personal interests. They're all going for their own personal gain here. It's not actually about doing the right thing. I find that kind of interesting because Marjorie Taylor Greene has been kind of an outcast uh, for the most part among even Republicans right now. Donald Trump, former president, calling up Congresswoman Lauren Boebert out of Colorado, who's been in charge of a lot of this, saying, hey, back off, we need to support Kevin McCarthy. And look, I mean, that may sway some people with their public opinion on this, especially on the conservative Republican side. So, well, if Donald Trump's telling us, you know, all right, maybe we're picking the wrong fight here. I say let the process play out. Look, we've gone lockstep without question, just go with the flow for so long, obviously for 100 years, that we haven't had a single vote like this in a very long time, since 1923. I like this. Let the process play out. Let them vote and vote and vote until we come to an agreement. The great deal that happened after World War II, for the great investments in Europe, the great deal where you know FDR invested a buttload of socialist money in order to invest in Europe and do a whole bunch of socialist programs here, that the great deal obviously took a long time to negotiate because there are a lot of people that fought against that sort of thing. Slavery during the Civil War, 
took a lot of a lot of hard conversations. The founding of this nation took a lot of hard conversations. They didn't just happen in a simple go with the flow, everybody get in line type of vote. They're difficult conversations to have, and Congress is not used to having those types of conversations. That's why we need this. Let the process play out. I love this. I love Andy, it's causing anarchy. No, it's not. It's fine. As we mentioned, a two-month-long process in 1855 when the last one that took 133 votes to find a Speaker of the House. We were just fine because the process played itself out. We came to agreements. Maybe they're backdoor deals. Maybe they're political shenanigans. Maybe they're promises that were made from one side or the other. But at the end of the day, someone compromised. We found happy middle ground, and we were able to move forward. If we want everybody out there, and especially my generation, the millennials, the, I, the late 20s, early 30s, mid-30s, the ones that hate the two-party system, the ones that hate government because they don't trust any of the politicians, you should be relishing in this because this is the disrupting of the two-party system right now saying, hey, we're going to really have a hard conversation and we're going to find a common ground here and we're going to negotiate and find happy medium. If you really want to sing Kumbaya and hold hands and work together in a bipartisan, happy-go-lucky way, this is how it's done. It's not done just getting behind somebody else with everything they want. This is finding the tough conversations, and Congress isn't used to it. That's why I absolutely love this. So, uh, But it's got to be done for the right reasons. And if what Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying is true, then we have some bigger, deeper issues here to where someone's just looking for some personal political gain instead of actually doing what's right for the nation. I don't know if that's true or not. But that's interesting that she's coming out saying I have no reason to doubt her because she's been very straightforward with her conservative constituents. But who's actually doing that and why are they making this stand here? When we come back, we've got to take a break here in just a second. We have some other audio. Lauren Boebert, when she officially nominated Byron Donalds to become Speaker of the House, uh, we have that clip where is it done for Kevin McCarthy because there's no way he can get the conservatives back on board with him in any way, shape, or form, which it sounds like that's the point that we're at now. Kind of interesting. And why is Donald Trump trying to unite everybody behind Kevin McCarthy? Well, everybody loves Donald Trump, and it may sway some public opinion with Trump supporters. He is the same guy that endorsed Dr. Oz as well for Senate in Pennsylvania. <laughs> just, just throwing that one out there. Zing! He is the one that nominated that, and that made people scratch their heads a little bit as well. So I find it interesting he's also endorsing Kevin McCarthy. A lot of fun stuff going on. This is where we geek out, my friends. Let's have some fun the with it. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What a way to kick off 2023. Welcome back into the program. Halfway down already, halfway to go. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Multiple radio stations all over the place and some really cool news coming up soon. I got, I can't tell you much yet, but we got a lot of stuff in the works behind the scenes with the program and with the Hoosier Media Network and so many things going on. So wait for it and stay, stay tuned in, and uh, we appreciate that very much. By the way, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, the newsletter did go out for the beginning of January, and we, we've revamped it a little bit. It's been about two years 
where it's been the exact same newsletter really month after month with just a little bit different content, same format. We've changed it up a little bit, simplified it a little bit, and made it a little more flashier for you. So if you've not signed up for our newsletter, then the hell's wrong with you? Go to the website, whosyourreason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R, reason.com. The first thing that'll pop up, say, do you want to become a Hoosier Holic? You say yes. You type in your email. It's totally free. We don't spam you. All we do is send you a once a month. We'll send you a welcome email, and then we'll send you a once a month newsletter that has our uh, blog on there, which I got to give hat tips to OpsLens. We li- we video stream live on our OpsLens partners on their website, on their app, on their social media, and they've been working on some things to make things uh, streamlined a little bit better every day. Their app is awesome. Download the app, which is totally free as well, OpsLens, O-P-S-L-E-N-S, and you can find us on there. You can chat. You can listen to us every single day. You can listen to past shows. You can do some really cool stuff along with our show and all the other shows they have as well. They've been not only streaming our video every single day on the program, but they've also been posting our blog as an op-ed piece on their website as well. So it's really cool. I'm not a writer, so the fact that I'm a quote-unquote semi-published blogger or uh, writer on the OpsLens op-ed page, I appreciate that. You guys are awesome. We love you to death and all the great listeners that we've collected uh, over the last year. It's been a year now since we've been on OpsLens, and we love you guys to death with the great support from OpsLens. So uh, go and check those guys out. But the newsletter, if you missed it, you can read the blog. You can read the op-ed on OpsLens. You can read the blog on our website at whosyourreason.com and get signed up. Just go to whosyourreason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R, reason.com. Sign up. It's totally free and look forward to getting February's newsletter at the beginning of the month. All right. As we continue on here, we have... Lauren Boebert, Congresswoman, who've recently gotten the call from former President Donald Trump. But according to her Twitter page from just about 45 minutes ago, I believe that was after the call from former President Donald Trump, she's not backing down. So either she's uh, separating herself away from the Republican Party because she's so dedicated and hell-bent to do this, or maybe she had a different conversation from what we've heard. But this was her as she nominated uh, Byron Donald's on round number five, I believe, and said that, Kevin McCarthy, you're done. You're over. Stop trying to run for speaker. Republicans, including many moderates, have been impressed by Byron Donalds. They're impressed by his ability to work together. They respect his leadership. We see him as someone who can communicate what we are all wanting to do in this house to Americans. And he represents so much more than just his district in Florida. Many millions of Americans all over this nation praise the work and the leadership of Byron Donalds. So let's work together. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. And with that, I yield. Thank you. Zing. Zing. All right, let me ask you something. If you lost six rounds and they are helping, which, by the way, the division's there. The division's already there. It's not going to get back. The negotiation they tried with Kevin McCarthy ended in Lauren Boeber, along with the other, said, we are absolutely not voting for you, which means you are 20 votes short. You're not going to get it. You have to get somebody. You think you would step down to find somebody to unite the party. And with that type of rhetoric, there's going to be hell to pay one way or the other. But this is taking things to another level here. And I agree with 
Lauren Bober on why Donald Trump would be okay with just going with the flow with Kevin McCarthy. Here's the latest poll. Now, again, take polls with a grain of salt. We do. We'll read them. We'll find them interesting, but they don't always represent the full force of what the American people want. You can see that with the results of elections year after year. 57%, according to Rasmussen polls, this came out today, January 4th, 57% of Americans that were polled in this Rasmussen support uh, poll say they do not believe that Congress will address the nation's most important problems. Almost 60% of the American people say that Congress is not going to solve the problems of the day. 40% say that it's likely Congress will seriously address some of the most important issues facing the nation, with 13% saying it's very likely. Here's the kicker. 57% say they don't think they will address it, but that 57% also say it's extremely unlikely that they will not address anything at all that's of value to fix the country. So let me ask you a question. If you are, maybe, you know what, maybe it's time to get behind McCarthy. We're worried about a Democrat taking over. We just need to start moving along, start getting things done. We need to start working together here. If you're of that mindset, cool, totally get it. Understand, I think it will happen at some point. The point's being proven, however, though, is why would we go with the flow of just the same old, same old of the guy that was entitled to it? Because he was the head of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives, who's an establishment, middle-of-the-road Republican out of California, who knows the system like Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell's been there forever as the House uh, Senate minority leader for years and years and years. And he allows a $1.7 trillion budget to come out. Omnibus package, sorry, not a budget. Why, if 57% of member uh, constituents believe that Congress won't solve the issues, why would we make the same leaders be the leaders again? Can anybody answer that? Because I think Lauren Boebert hit it perfectly. Hey, you're not uniting the party. It's time for you to step down. And oh, by the way, I'm sorry, but my favorite president, Donald Trump, is telling me this. I think he needs to be telling you, you're not getting the vote. It's time for you to step down. With that, I yield. Thank you the votes and it's time to withdraw with that i yield thank you andy why does this matter why is this such a big deal well first off outside of the fact that we're actually seeing real conversation which let's go a little deeper here shall we we like the unveiling of the onion going a little bit uh deeper into the layers of the onion here we see time after time as they nominate somebody Time after time, somebody goes up, does the speech on why they're nominating the individual and then nominating the person so they can begin to vote on them. And for the first time in a very long time, all of the House of Representatives, all 435 members of Congress are in the chamber listening to the conversation. Maybe not because they're whispering beside each other. But let's go a bit deeper here. Do you really see anybody changing their votes? You have, uh, maybe except for the one or two that have changed away from McCarthy, but originally you had 203 that voted for McCarthy. You have the 212 Democrats that are lockstep in line with each other, toe-to-toe, holding hands, singing kumbaya, voting for Jeffries. And you have the 20, now 21, it was 19 at the beginning, but now 21 that have stepped away from McCarthy and voting against. And every time they nominate somebody different, it's the same story with nobody changing their votes, nobody doing anything different, and not even listening to what they have to say. That's not how government's supposed to work. You're supposed to be able to persuade them. You're supposed to listen to the arguments. You're supposed to listen to both sides and come to the conclusion of what you think is going to be the best. And if you truly do feel that Kevin McCarthy is unfit for it, don't vote for him just because he's the next in line. Change the damn system. 
57% of Americans in this last Mewson poll say that they don't feel government's going to solve any of their problems, which they don't anyways, but let's at least shake up the system. What do you got to lose? Isn't that what Donald Trump said to the minority voters in the last election? What have you got to lose? You voted Democrat in the inner cities for 40, 50, 60, 70 years, and you're still in the same position. What have you got to lose? Try something different. Overturn the tables. Andy, why is this important? I'll tell you exactly why it's important. This is one of the most important positions we can have. Not only is it third away from the presidency if something happened to Joe Biden. Oh, no. If something happened to Kamala Harris. Oh, no. Not only are they third away from the presidency, they also have the duty to assign the heads of committees and subcommittees. And I'm not just talking about investigative committees to go after Joe Biden in the in the Hunter Biden laptop or Donald Trump at the January 6th committee. I'm talking about every committee that looks at budgetary issues, that looks at social issues, every bill that goes to the floor of the House of Representatives where the entire chamber votes on it, every bill that gets to the main floor has to go through a subcommittee and a committee before it even gets there. And conservatives, if they're in control of those committees and or subcommittees, they have a huge impact on being able to stifle ridiculously left-wing stupid bills from even reaching the floor of representatives. That's huge. We can do our part. When you ask what can we do and we ask what can be changed in Washington, D.C., that's a part that most people don't even talk about. It's not just, well, I hope that we don't stop it or I hope that we pass it on the House floor. It's got to get there first. And close to 98, 99% of the bills that go through the committees don't even make it to the floor of the House of Representatives or the Senate for that matter. And if we're in control of those, we can stifle and kill off many of those as being dead on arrival before they even reach the floor for the opportunity for wishy-washy Republicans to flip, to be scared, to be bullied, to be blackmailed, to vote with Democrats, to pass it, and then us be stuck in the same position that we have been for years over year after year. This is the time that we can make that change. And I think we got the huge opportunity for it. If we can stop Kevin McCarthy. And the more we go along here, and the more that Kevin McCarthy stays in the race, I'm supporting and I'm going along more and more with the fact that I think that we should nominate somebody different. I'm going along with the fact that I think Kevin McCarthy should step aside and renounce his run for Speaker of the House. And go with someone like Steve Scalise. Go with someone like Byron Donalds. Go with someone that actually may have an opportunity. Got a lot more to get to here. One more segment right around the corner if I can catch my voice again. This day on cold, man, driving me nuts. Right around the corner, one more segment here on The Voice Review. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Aren't you impressed? Aren't you impressed? I can clear my throat and drink water all at the same time and talk on the radio. Come on. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, man. Just killed my entire joke right there. Let's try that again. Maybe. Don't act like you're not impressed. (laughs) My golly, I got to work on that a little bit. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show as we wrap up for a midweek celebration here on The Voice of Reason. Tomorrow... Hold on, let me stream. As we come back, i got to look at my calendar here for a second. Harlan Ullman, he's coming on the program. 
as we talk about end of times. What the fifth horseman? Who is it? Is it Donald Trump? Is it Joe Biden? What's going on there? We'll have Harlan on the program. We've had him on once or twice before. We'll have him on at the bottom of the hour tomorrow. So make sure to stay tuned in for that one. We'll continue to monitor this. And I again, I enjoy this process with the vote for the Speaker of the House. I know it's not what most people are used to. And I think that's a good thing. If we have the vast majority of Americans across the nation that are not supportive or confident that Congress is going to do anything to solve the issues, then that means that we've lost faith. And every poll, every single year, shows that Congress is floating around the mid-20s to low 30% range of approval. Overall, that's sad and pathetic. They're the ones that actually represent the people in the closest manner possible. Not a national vote with the president, but the local congressmen and women that are there representing you, boots on the ground in Washington, D.C. They should have the highest approval rating because people should like who they're actually sending to Congress and actually get things taken care of. But that's not the way it's done right now. So the importance of this with the assigning of committees and subcommittees, uh, the question really is who's going to break first? They understand the political ramifications here. They understand what's going to happen. If these 20, 21, 22 Congress people end up losing and they end up conceding and they go with Kevin McCarthy, you can guarantee that everything they negotiated for, for a little bit more influence and steering things more towards a conservative manner, it's going to be dead. Dead on arrival. They will never have any influence again. As long as Kevin McCarthy will be in leadership, he will have a vendetta against them and retribution against those conservatives because that's how politics is played, unfortunately. So now they're stuck. They have to. They have to continue to fight, and they have to find a way to win over more individuals who are looking glossy-eyed uh, glossy as they're listening to these speeches, trying to win people over, when that should be winning people over and actually having a real dialect conversation instead of just doing talking points, ignoring anybody else, and then voting the way you want to, which is the way things are being done right now. This is all show. At least for most of them, it is. For those that are voting for McCarthy, they don't care. They're not being won over like, wow, you know what? That's a good idea. That's a good concept. Maybe we should do something a little bit different. They don't care. They get up there. They uh, they appease Kevin McCarthy. They do their pitch. They say how great he is. They say all the issues that need to be fixed. And then they go back and they just gloss over and don't listen to anybody. Not a single Democrat has wavered at all. That's how divided we are in this nation. So the next question is, what's going to be next? Will Kevin McCarthy be able to bully them? According to Matt Gates, the congressman out of Florida, he's laughing at the tweets that Trump had been making, calling people to vote for Kevin McCarthy, and told Fox News apparently that he doesn't care about uh, it changing his view of McCarthy or of former President Donald Trump, nor to change his vote in any way, shape, or form. Doesn't matter. They are holding strong, and they're not wavering. They are standing on principle, which is, very difficult to do in Washington, D.C. So the next question is, who's going to break? Is it going to be the moderate Republicans going to the Democrats and saying, I'm done with the games. We need to get things rolling here. We need to start getting issues addressed. So we'd rather have a Democrat and just get things done to be a Speaker of the House, which is a concern. We need to be aware of it because, uh, as you know, there are some moderate Republicans that vote for, with Democrats on many other issues. I think that Jeffries would be the ultimate worst candidate for that because he's a crazy socialist. But if that's what they want to do, then fine. Will they cave and vote for the Democrats? Or will moderate Democrats want to get things done and realize that, hey, Kevin McCarthy doesn't have the support they could go more conservative to appease these crazy radical MAGA fringe individuals. Maybe we should jump ship and go Republican and vote for Kevin McCarthy 
to make sure that we get a semi-moderate guy in there that's willing to work with us on issues as opposed to a hardliner right-winger. Who's going to cave first? I know that the blackmailing is being done behind the scenes of the Republicans trying to blackmail these guys, saying either you get on board with McCarthy or there's going to be a Democrat in there, a Speaker of the House. But if Republicans vote for the Democrat, you can imagine the uproar from their constituencies to do something as stupid as that. I almost see Democrats maybe going over to side with Kevin McCarthy to be done with this madness. I say, as I've been reiterating this entire time, enjoy the process. Enjoy government at its work. Enjoy republicanism. The constitutional republic that we have, enjoy this process play out because it's about time that we did something different than get in line and vote for the establishment time and time again. Back at it tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.